Previously on Algoa FM. It's Watershed Magical Energy on Algoa FM, and we've been chatting about hot summer days, feel-good memories, the ice cream truck. What's your favorite treat that you used to get from the ice cream truck? You can send it through via Telegram, 0617-94940. Now, we do have those hot summer days, and on the line, I have an FPA support officer, Hein Niemann from the Eastern Cape Umbrella Fire Protection Association. Good morning, Hein. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Roshna. Thank you very much for the invite um, and good morning to the listeners. So it's summertime, it's hot and there are felt fires. I think just, just over the weekend there was quite a few. Yeah, um, I'm based in Stam, um, um Unfortunately, although we covered the whole Eastern Cape, so um, I wasn't, um, um, and, and, and I've got a little bit of an apology to make. I am on leave at the moment, <laughs> so I'm not always in touch 100% with what, uh, what's going on. But um, yeah, I can, I can quite believe that there would have been a few, yeah. Mm. And how can fault fires and fires within the wildland urban interface be prevented? I think first we need to um, just have a look quickly what the definition is of a felt fire in the wildland urban interface. So yes. generally when we refer to felt fires, we refer to, um, to, to what we know as open commercial um, sort of areas, um, the open open landscape. That, that is normally where a felt fire would occur, um, grass and mountain fires. Um, the wildland urban interface is that interface where you start getting communities, estates, dwellings um, and things like that that interface to the wildland side. Um, and that's where a problem starts occurring. So um, we generally look at um, at the, the, the Nisner fires in 2017 yeah. um, and how that uh, um, comes through from a, basically from a, a wildland fire, felt fire, um, and how that moves through an urban area. And that is because of that wildland urban interface. So um, you know, with the holiday season on um I think there's some important things that we must just remember, um, and a lot of it is probably common sense too. Um, so some of the things that we must just remember is don't make open fires on hot and windy days. Um, burning embers can get carried um, by wind for far distances, um, and you don't always see that, but they land somewhere, and if there's enough material and potential, um, that starts a fell fire. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make fires in undesignated areas. Um, Something to remember is when making bra fires um, and things like that, especially in camping areas and in designated areas, ensure um, that they're properly extinguished when done. Um, you don't want those um, uh, um, to carry on burning yeah. um, and then when to come up and take it. Um, something else that that, um, that we sort of need to remember is don't drop cigarette butts out of car windows or when walking in the felt indiscriminately drop them. That can lead to that can lead to unwanted felt fires as well too. If the material is right, the fuel loading is right, um, the wind and heat, you've got a felt fire that starts. I think a very important one is fireworks. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, fireworks. Don't settle fireworks in undesignated areas. We all know that um, that um, setting fireworks off in undesignated areas uh, is a criminal offence. Um, same with felt fires. If uh, a felt fire is started and maintained um, in an undesignated area or if, um, or if uh, um, high fire danger warnings have been issued, that can lead to a criminal offence as well too. Um, and I think something else to remember around fireworks is Chinese lanterns. Um, yeah, please don't set off Chinese lanterns. 
um, they're going to land somewhere, and if they land in a felt, um, that can start a felt fire. Um, and I think one can take it one step further. Um, yes. Chinese lanterns sometimes get misconstrued as um, as uh, an, an emergency flare. And then we've got people like um, the NSRI that um, that um, and other emergency personnel that yes. end up on a wild goose chase um, and for nothing. So, yeah, just be considerate around that. Yeah, and then let's move to just how to protect structures and dwellings within this interface. Okay. Um, if we go back to um, if we go back to uh, uh, um, I, I like to turn around and use some examples. We look at St Francis a couple of years back ago. Um, St Francis is known for its um, thatch roof dwellings and things like that. Um, um, don't don't start dry fires in hot windy days. Um, that can carry that can carry an ember and can start a um, can start a fire. So if you've got a if you've got an urban um, area like that uh, where there's thatch roofing, please ensure that they're adequately treated. Um, what uh, homeowners can do too is put um, a sprinkler system with a reliable water supply on the roof. So if a fire does come into the area, you can um, you can activate that. Mm. Um, and, um, and then the defensible space around dwellings. So um, when we talk about a defensible space, make sure that um, that you don't have flammable material in gutters um, and old leaves and dry leaves that's hanging on roofs and stuff like that, that that's cleared away. You don't have vegetation up against the house that can burn um, and and it can set um, uh, rafters and things like that a lot. Yes. And Um, then just just last one, when when this happens, a fire incident is happening, what do they do? Where can one report the fires to? I think firstly when an incident is happening, don't panic. Um, that's, mm. that's the most important part. Um, obviously, listen to emergency personnel, follow the instructions, um, especially when things like evacuations and et cetera um, are ordered. Um, and most importantly, don't be a spectator fire or emergency scene. Yeah. Um, that blocks, you know, blocks roadways, it limits access for firefighters, things like that. Yeah. Um, even around your home, make sure that fire trucks, estates, that kind of thing can enter, fire hydrants are operational. And then one thing that's very important, remember to give way for emergency vehicles that are sound, sounding sirens and, and flashing lights. Um, I've been to how many scenes um, responding to a scene and um, vehicles just don't give way for me. Um, it's mm. time. Um, that's important, yeah. All right. And then just that number that they can call? Yeah, I think generally uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of numbers around in the Eastern Cape area, but I think the most important to remember is 112 or 10111. Um, and if you live in a specific area, um, there's normally contact numbers um, available for a specific area for fire services, police, etc. Keep those at hand. The other thing that one can do too is um, if you're traveling um, and, and, and traveling through the destination or even, even in your normal area, uh, there are local fire protection associations um, all over throughout the province um, and down into the Western Cape side. Um, there's normally signboards up um, along the way. And if you see a fire, there'll be a contact number on there. You can report a felt fire to there and they will activate the necessary resources to uh, curtail that fire. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Hein Nimand. He's a FPA support officer from Eastern Cape Umbrella Fire Protection Association. Enjoy your leave and have an awesome Christmas and New Year. 
Thanks, Rochelle. Yeah, um, Rochelle, uh, thank you very much. And to the listeners as well, too. Um, have a good, um, fun feast season, but enjoy it responsibly. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Your digital library experience. Podcasts from algoafm.co.za.